You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's for another day. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Steve Kime not being retained as the GM. We have Cliff Kingsbury being let go as the head coach. And then we have the Bidwell press conference that ties a nice little bow on everything that happened on Black Monday. And now we sit and wait for the 17th. And someone who certainly has some experience here in uh, these type of waters will be one Jake Arians who joins us now via the phone line. And we'll uh, dive in with him here to see uh, his takeaways, right? Because you guys had a pretty good discussion not too uh, long ago about a lot of these things that went down today. Yeah, actually, if I think back, my brother Jake, good to have you on the on the, on the show. I'm glad you texted me when you did because we were right. The, we just started the pod. I'm like, man, this is fate. We got to get you on. But I remember our last episode. Your thought was, and, and not to call you out of here, but I just want to set the table. Your opinion was you thought they were both going to come back. So now, as we sit here today. Kime stepping away. Cliff has now been relieved. What do you make of, of Michael Bidwell's decision and, and the moves that happened today? I mean, I give him credit for doing it. It's a couple bad losses since I've been on last time. I didn't think he would just for the fact that he didn't want to pay the, the, the money. Oh, the and money. When I, trust Jake. What, trust me. When I say that, I think I said at the beginning of the recording today, I think every fan over the last 24 hours was like very nervous i mean i mean my text group was going from they're definitely gone to well cliff might be retained he might come back and you know so a lot of people i think until the announcement was made this morning or until the news broke a lot of people were still on the fence of is michael really gonna do this uh, you know so i don't think you were wrong in your thinking at all i just i more want to hear now that it's happened obviously kudos to michael like you said but where do the Cardinals go from here? What do you make of the press conference? I mean, there's a lot we can go here. Uh, there's a lot of bows put on a empty box with the president side <laughs> that I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed in. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Vance Joseph ends up the head coach and A-Dub and Quentin are the GMs. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I am pissed off about that. I am not happy. That is not what this franchise really deserves moving forward, but it wouldn't surprise me. At the same time, I see what people are saying, that it is a desirable job. And for a lot of reasons, it should be. Not everybody's in the Kyler camp of this, this desirable because of Kyler and that contract. There's a lot of people who look at it the exact opposite because your hands are tied. And I don't think Bidwell did himself any favors today saying he's going to ask Kyler his opinion on the next head coach. I don't. Yeah, I, I was really in, surprised by that. If I'm going in as the head coach, I'm like, well, how much – did he say, and I don't give a damn what he said. Somebody needs to come in and coach this kid hard, not get his damn opinion. I heard that Lincoln coached him hard in college, and I'm like, that was $200 million ago, and that was college. Pre-transfer portal. Like, I, I don't so know. Do you think that then, Jake, from, from the standpoint of – from Mike Bidwell's standpoint, was this the – well, I have three – op, I have three problems here potentially. I have my GM, I have my head coach, I have my quarterback. And guess what? The quarterback is the hardest problem for me to solve, even if I wanted to. So you mentioned, because you mentioned that the, the comments in the press conference, it's almost like, well, I'm going to back the guy that I'm kind of tied to here. And it does send a signal potentially to incoming head coaches, incoming GMs. It's going to be th like, this is the process. Now we know 
that no matter what, you're going to give Kyler Murray the opportunity to still be successful. But with the injury and what it's going to look like at the start of next season, what kind of message does this send out to the Sean Paytons of the world or other high-profile candidates that they may want to consider? I don't know that there is another high-profile candidate. Sean would shock me to the point where I'd have to, like, I don't know. We'd have a really good bet. I mean, Sean's going to take 12 to 15 million a year. I would be beyond shocked if Michael did that. Okay. He's going to take total control of the organization. I can't see that happening. I mean, look, the Cardinals, I read a thing the other day. They haven't been outside the organization in 30 years for a GM. Right. It's time to blow the whole thing up and let a GM come in and hire scouts. If he wants to do scouts and personnel guys that he wants. I mean, to me, it's time to move forward in that direction. And a GM and a head coach have to be able to work hand in hand. You cannot hire this coach without hiring a GM first. I know he said he'd like to do that, but he would if he had to. You can't. You have to hire the GM first and have him giving the input that you did for the last three or four head coaching hires with with Steve. It has to be hand in hand. And those guys have to get along. Head but, coach has to have a say in but, personnel. But what if Sean Payton <laughs> is in play and Sean Payton is hand picking his GM and they are hand in hand? Sean Payton's GM is Sean Payton. Somebody but, will have the title. I'm talking about like the assistant, control. the assistant GM uh, over in New Orleans right now. Um, why am I spacing on the name? If he brings, that's my point. If he's going to bring his guy, put his guy in place. Yeah. You, you can picture as a Cardinals fan, Michael Bidwell paying a head coach $15 million a year. Cause if you can't, we don't need to even talk anymore about Sean Payton. Cause that's what it takes. I'm telling you right now, that's what it takes. Oh, could, could we picture, you're that. asking me, do I picture that he could actually do yeah. that? I, yeah. and I mean, some portion I, of the 10 million a year that, that they have what 10 million a year or so for Cliff Kingsbury. We don't know what that buyout's going to look like. Potentially. I, I'd read a couple articles saying they can recoup some of it, maybe half of it back, but you're going to be paying money to Cliff. And then you're also already, pay, you're already locked in as we know with some personnel decisions as well. This is where, see, I'm not Tyler is the, die hard locked into this organization <laughs> i am the outside perspective and i like i personally look at it if i'm sean payton i'm waiting to see what happens in dallas in the first round of the playoffs i'm waiting to see what happens with the chargers in the first round of the playoffs like i look around the league there are other teams and the yeah, way that payton talked about it it's just the way that he talked about it was i want to know who i'm going to work with inside the organization yeah. i want a stable organization the Cardinals are not that thing. And there's certainly better options on the table. It's just, you're going to have, you may have to overpay the fifth beyond the 15 million. If you're Bidwell and you really want Sean Payton. And to your point, Jake, I just don't think that they're going to go that extra mile. And I don't, I couldn't fault them for it. You're that's just the circumstances you're in now. Yeah. I mean, if you're the owner, I can see where that would be enticing, but you really got to know your roster, know your franchise. You have a ton of impending free agents and know that if you're paying that guy 15 million, it is the quick turnaround that you're expecting and you want. Yep. I don't see that. Let's talk about some other guys that might be in the mix. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see them go a little bit more and I am not the analytics guy by any means, but bringing in some, cap guru kind of guys slash personnel guy when you're redoing this front office and then talk about some of these coaches you just went young inexperienced coach i think you got to have a veteran coach that has a staff the biggest thing fans fail to realize here i love D'Amico ryan's i think he's gonna be a great head coach who the hell is he bringing with him because mm -hmm. the offensive guys in san francisco that you only worked with have all been plucked they're all gone and kyle ain't letting anybody else good leave like it's not gonna happen if you can't bring an entire staff a coordinator defense coordinator, offense coordinator, special teams coordinator, and a bunch of good assistants. 
I don't care who the head coach is. They only do so much. The things that work are a head coach, figurehead, guy that can answer to an owner, and a bunch of his guys that he knows he can trust to go coach it and be the coordinator. Now, if he's uh, going to call plays on one side or the other, that's fine, but you still got to have the guys who do a lot of the work during the week. I don't see a lot of those guys out there. I, I mean, I, I keep seeing everybody thinks they're going to go reinvent the wheel with this, the next young up and coming, whatever. Well, you just tried that. That didn't work very well. I think you got to go with an established leader. I, like Levy Smith is obviously not the guy just got fired, but like those guys respond to him. Houston has no talent. And they play their ass off all year. We're in a bunch of games for Levy. No one needs a sitting duck, but he's a guy that guys respond to like a guy that players are going to, and they played hard for Cliff, man. I'll, I'll give Cliff credit for all the crap that was going on. I don't think they lost the locker room at all. I, I do want to say it, that. It I, didn't like, seem I like, like Cliff, by the way. You guys know I like Cliff. Like I, I, yeah. I think he was laying over his head. I think a lot of it wasn't his fault. But, you know, I think the guys liked him, and I don't think he lost the locker. But let's talk about some other guys you think are out there, because I would just take Sean off the table. I just can't imagine it's that. Only, the, the big sexy names that everyone talks about, obviously, you got Sean Payton, you got the, the Harbaugh's of the world, and then D'Amico Ryans was third. Uh, the OC over in Detroit. Um, For one year? <sighs> yeah, I know. Because well, well, while, while, while Tyler gets a couple extra names up here, the one that I was curious about, because you mentioned uh, ben about Johnson. Uh, there you go, Ben Johnson. Head coaching experience. Or, sorry, a veteran coach. Do you categorize that as head coaching experience or just a veteran coach? Because I do. I'm a East Coast guy. Wink Martindale seems to have gone from being in Baltimore. Now he joins the Giants, and he's he's changed himself a little bit, worked to his personnel, and been you know flexible to to or adaptive to what he can do. Is that enough to say he's been a long tenured defensive coordinator? Obviously has. I saw, come, I saw Wink's name come up today. That yeah, up yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about. A guy that's called plays. Yeah, you can't go hire these these guys to be like Mike McDaniel is the freaking the be the unicorn of all unicorns. Never called right. plays. Never been a head coach. Like goes and gets the job and makes the playoffs. Did a hell of a job. That those guys don't exist, man. Go get a proven head coach that's called plays, that's been in the fire, that's done it in multiple systems, that doesn't just have one system that you're going to have to try to come implement. You can't, you, you got to do it with your personnel. Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, Jake, I've got the guy, the guy in Detroit has one year of calling plays, and yes, it was great. They went nine and nine and eight. Jared Goff played good, by the way. Antoine Randall, a longtime player, the receiver coach there, had a hell of a lot to do with that. I don't hear him getting any credit for it. It right. wasn't just one dude that was calling plays. You guys always forget, like, when you're hiring a coordinator yeah. or a coordinator's a hot name, I go back to who's behind him, who's with him. I, I, and by the way, Harbaugh's not coming. You imagine Jim Harbaugh and Michael Bidwell in that meeting? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, so a name that I've seen tossed around, and it would go hand-in-hand hand with Michael Bidwell's hiring people he knows and bringing people he knows, uh, Byron Leftwich. I would love to see that. And I think that would work for some extent. Byron knows the organization, knows the ins and outs, but it's who the, who the GM is. Are you going to hire one of the guys from Tampa? And there's a bunch of hot names down there. I don't know um, if it'd be, it wouldn't be like Adrian Wilson. Then he is hiring a GM from within, you know, but it was rumored last year yeah, when the Jags yeah. wanted Byron, that he was demanding that Adrian Wilson be the GM. Possibly. I mean, Byron, was, like to me, Byron's not any less of a candidate than he was a year ago. They, they haven't been yeah. as good on offense. He's taking a bunch of heat from Bucks fans who are beyond ridiculously spoiled at this point. You're the freaking Bucks. You didn't do shit for 40 years. Now all of a sudden, you expect to like have the number one offense in the league every year. I think hey, it'd be, hey, I think it'd hey, be a great job. I think it'd be a good fit. 
They just put your dad in the ring of honor. Relax on the Bucks fans. Come on. The Bucks fans didn't. The ownership didn't. They're great. I know, the Bucks I, fans hear this from me on their podcast all the time. Like, dude, slow down. Like, you've never won back-to-back <laughs> division championships. You just did that, and you want to complain because the, the record wasn't what you thought it was going to be? <laughs> I get Tom Brady's the quarterback, but he wasn't great all year either. Uh, I, I think Byron would be a great candidate. He's called plays for four years, but he's learned from guys, and I think he could bring some guys with him, Tom Moore's of the world. Like, Tom Moore gets no credit for my dad having him with him for 10 years. But having that old, savvy dude that you can close the door and no matter what's said, it's not leaving that room, but you get honest feedback from a guy that's been there and seen it all. I don't see anybody talking about who's this guy bringing with him. Like the, the, to me, yeah. the biggest thing in hiring a coach is what staff is coming. Well, that was that was an issue with Cliff, right? Like when Cliff Huge came issue. in, Kaim hired the entire staff. Yeah, Vance Vance wasn't a Cliff hire. Uh, you know, he was brought in for him to try to Huge help. Wasn't. Yeah, Big Sean Coogler put so, all the other stuff aside. A damn good veteran offensive line coach, run game guy. Like he was vital to the success they had offensively the last few years. That wasn't either. I mean, it's, you have to be able to bring that staff with you, put that entire thing together to win the press conference. The name has to be sexy, and they got to go up there and do a great job. Well, but like Nick Sirianni wasn't winning the press conference. He's done a hell of a job in Philly. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's another good example there too in Philadelphia too, and the quick turnaround they've had. So then, from Michael Bidwell's perspective, mentioning running it past Kyler Murray, and you you talk about how you brought in Cliff Kingsbury, for better or worse, when you don't let him bring in his staff, whether he had guys in place or whether he had names he was going to bring, that it, inherently it feels like you hamstring it. So now you send a head coach down the road with maybe coordinators he likes likes to work with maybe doesn't love maybe it's not entirely on the same page do you think that bidwell learned that lesson over this experience with cliff kingsbury nah i'm not real sure <laughs> I, I, hate hey, to, I, hate, I hate to react like this but it's always I, I don't have any skin in the game so it's always comical when it feels like the the darkness is not fully drifting away here i hope so but he should have learned it when he hired ba and saw it work right <laughs> A guy yeah. that brought all of his guys, one chief at the top, no backstabbing, no dissension, no split to whatever. Like, if he doesn't hire Vance as the head coach, don't tell the new head coach that Vance is staying on as defense coordinator because you just split the locker room in half already. Right. He tried to learn that when he tried to keep Ray, and Dad wanted to bring uh, Todd Bowles, which worked out pretty damn good for 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 Bidwell, the, the organization, and, and Cards fans. Don't do that again. So you should have learned that from the past that, no, you can't go force guys on the head coach. Let them bring their guys. Yep. Unless there's something behind the scenes that they know about and we're not going to hire this guy. That's fine. But you got to let those guys hire their guys. That's why you're hiring them. You're one, one guy doesn't make a freaking team. I don't give it. If it's Sean Payton or Bill Belichick, you can hire Bill. Who's he bringing with him? You saw their offense suck this year. Yeah. Special teams coordinator, defense coordinator, call an offensive place. Well, and, it didn't and work say- out that good for that offense. Like, it matters. No, it definitely matters. And when I think of my time as a Cardinal fan, and I think back to the years of, of Bruce and Todd Bowles, I mean, I am not the best at sitting in at a stadium and then from one half to the next being like, oh, I see the changes they made. You clearly saw, and the Cardinals did a good job of hyping it too by saying, oh, it's, they played a video, it's the fourth quarter and, and all this rah-rah but you could see the changes that were made offensively and defensively. It was the best tandem and the winning percentage, I mean, backs it up the best tandem we've ever seen here in Arizona. And that's what they do need to find again. I mean, that's, that's where they, 
they need to find the exact elements that you're talking where you get a strong head coach that does have and if the strong the head coach is offensive minded then you better have they, hopefully they have someone defensive minded that it's going to be great as well i, I mean that's what we need to your point, even when Todd went to New York and James Betcher took over, it was still the philosophy of the head coach to blitz yeah. like crazy, make good halftime adjustments. A lot of Todd's guys and BA's guys were still on that defensive staff to help Betch out, but it was still the philosophy of we're going to blitz. This is our identity. We're going to smash you in the mouth, stop the run, and we're going to blitz like crazy. You I, can't I feel have like a defense coordinator wants to do what he wants to do, and a head coach that wants to do what he wants to do, and they don't mesh. Like that has to be one yeah. message coming from the top guy. And you see it screwed up every year in these hiring processes where those two things, and then you split the locker room immediately. Well, you know what's funny? I Well, I'll say funny is the wrong word, but last thing for me is you said, and it's 100% right, no one coach, it's not one coach, it's the collective staff, everyone involved pushing the team in the right direction. So no one individual can have can make a team successful. But one individual, in this instance, an owner, has a very strong hand in what happens with the organization, right? And that's that that that's what it is to me. It's you're at the fork in the road of has Michael Bidwell looked back and said, I saw when it worked, I know what when it didn't, and I know what I need to do going forward. And it doesn't need to be Sean Payton. It just needs to be a very clear understanding of how you create a successful hierarchy in an organization. If he hasn't learned those lessons, it won't even matter. You can hire the right head coach and then hamstring him in a dozen different ways that makes it a failure in the long term. Tyler, let me ask you this, man. If it's Vance Joseph and you get A-Dub and Quentin as co-GMs, like, where, where does your fandom go at that point? Because, like, to me, that is punting the entire organization. Yeah, it, it can't be that. And I will say, in that press conference, I did not get the feeling from Michael Bidwell that that was the route he was going to go. He kept talking about that they went outside. And, and, you know, he did the quick interviews with Quentin. Is that because all of that stuff leaked for the week before and he thought he had to get ahead of it in the press conference and he wanted to tie a little pretty bow up on the Christmas present? Or do you think that's what he meant in the press conference? Because I wasn't real sure. I'm hearing a lot of stuff for a week coming into this. (laughs) And then I see a press conference that answers a lot of those questions. And I I see your fandom coming back out is why I like this. But it's a big question. I almost think the stuff you saw up front was out of courtesy and respect to those guys to try to help them get other jobs as well. Like, oh, they're in the mix, you know, and, and, and oh, they're leading candidates. But it to me, out of this press conference, I got the feeling, and man, I'm going to feel betrayed if Michael proves me wrong here because <laughs> I am giving a lot of hope and optimism to Michael Bidwell right now that I haven't done in the past. And so, and Jake, I know, I, I know that if you and I were having a beer, we'd probably share a lot of the same opinions uh, about it. But after the press conference and after today's proceedings, I feel like things are going to be different this time. But man, this is going to be one of those, you know, fool me once, shame on me, or fool, or fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame fool on me, for whatever. the 47th time? I know. <laughs> like, I know. Drink I know. the Kool-Aid. Drink the yeah. Kool-Aid, buddy, and just hold take on, a hold nice on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I will say this. <laughs> Michael has been quick normally. Uh, I mean, not. I wouldn't say normally. He's been quick, like with Wilkes. I mean, thought it was the wrong move, moved on fast. In this situation, I think there was a lot more feelings involved. You saw Michael in the opening of the press conference get a little choked up as he was talking about uh, Steve Keim. There's obviously a, a relationship there. You could feel that in this first 30 seconds of the press conference. There should, because they've been yeah, together for 30 years. Of Steve's course. been here for his entire career. Yeah. So so you could feel that like he didn't want this to end with Keim. Like, I, that's, that's the opinion it gave me. Yeah. Um, 
But ultimately, when I like looked at Michael today, it seemed like, okay, he understands what's being said about. I think Michael cares a lot about what gets said about him out in the media. Yes. And so I'm sure he is read. Always, could... always a great tenant of a, I know. Of a it's NFL terrible. football team. Being Man, he was such a good job of proving my point that the press conference was all in reaction to everything that was leaked for the last week and not a genuine pre- The press conference was great. But I still don't know if it was. Truthful. But I want his action to follow. It. And I'd hold, I'd hold, hold out hope for sure. Yes, I want his action to follow it though, and and I think it will just based on drinking the Kool Aid. He... Uh, no, I, <laughs> I I did drink a Kool Aid though earlier. I got I got it right here. Uh, but um, I I did de- I I truthfully think that he's taking what people are saying and understanding what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, he did say it in the conference, press conference, he's going to consult with other GMs and other people around the league. He's going to check and, in with TikTok. He's going to check know, in with Instagram. And he's going to, you know. It's just so bad. On. Okay, listen, listen. If I'm burned on this, I, I mean, well, I don't I'm coming know back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worry, I have Jake's direct email now. Like, yeah. I can bypass you, and yes, you'll come in to yes. start the episode, and Jake yeah. will just be here waiting. I know. I know. Listen, I, I get it. I, again, me and Jake are at a bar. I'm agreeing with him every step of the way. But for some reason, I want to believe that Michael's going to be different this time, and I just do. Then again, because I also thought this was a playoff fanatic, team. Brother. I'm glad you're drinking it. I know. That's the I best know. part about fandom and why the NFL is the greatest <laughs> business on the planet. Yeah, the Kool-Aid is fantastic. Everybody loves their place. I want I'm not to, hope to be that... an ass. I'm just trying to point out some things no, no, no. that like I think are getting mixed, like lost in the process by fandom. Yep. Oh, trust it's me. Not, I got not my as desirable of a job as everybody's making it out to be. And there are reasons why. I and I get that all <laughs> Kyler Murray. <clears throat> yeah. Right. My Contracts. gut. I had my, something in my throat. Yeah. My gut says that this will be the same old Cardinals because that's what you always get. But my heart right now is, is begging that it's going to be different. And and I'm going to give Michael the opportunity here and I'm going to think optimistic, but it, it is definitely um, it, it's left to be seen. I, I, I tweeted this out earlier today. I said, we're only halfway done here. The getting rid of the GM, getting rid of the head coach was half the battle. The second half is hiring the right people and getting someone to come in that is going to fix your investment with Kyler Murray. And I did find another key nugget in the press conference, which, Jake, I'll be interested to hear your opinion here. Uh, Michael, pretty stern about it, said, we would love to see that Kyler is rehabbing here in Arizona, especially with the coaching and GM change. I thought that was a flashing neon sign outside a bar in Fort Worth, Texas. Like, (laughs) big, big neon sign of there's an issue here. Yeah. You're a $260 million quarterback, friend. You don't rehab anywhere but here. So we can keep our yeah. eyes on everything going on. Where do you think the clause in the contract came from? Oh, I guarantee that like, came from MB and not Steve uh, Steve Kai. Like you the say, attorney? though. Yes. Yeah. As, as Tyler said, though, they're optimistic that Kyler will choose to rehab in Arizona. They're hopeful. They're hope they're hopeful. Maybe he'll choose to. Obviously, they haven't talked to him. He hasn't been around the he hasn't been around the team. That was a calculated shot. To put out in the media, mm-hmm. just like the contract details getting leaked, whatever, yep. when they put that crap in there. I think the whole thing is to me is you're exactly right. You're halfway done, but you're really only a quarter of the way done. This was the easy part. Yeah, Hiring the right true. guys and letting them fire more people and hire yeah. their people and hiring the right two guys that see it the same way that can get along. 
You can't hire a coach and then hire a GM a month later. It, you, it just doesn't work that way. You got more proven examples of it than the other way. I promise you. And then the other, the other key part to me here is if you go offensive head coach, you have to have a really good communicator and patient person as a quarterback coach that's firm but fair. And you have to have a $260 million quarterback who kind of acts like a baby mm-hmm. to accept that coaching. But that dude, to me, is might be the most vital hire in this whole thing as much as the head coach is. Who is he communicating with on a daily basis as a quarterback coach? He didn't have that for last four or five years. I mean, that was – that was Cliff running the offense, dealing with him. Like, like BA is not the easiest dude to play quarterback for. Like Ben Roethlisberger didn't like getting MF'd. <laughs> but he would, he would MF like Charlie Batch and Byron Leftwich while Ben could hear it, and then be like, "All right, <laughs> all right buddy, let's go run the next play." Right. It didn't work. Like, but you got to know who your guys are. But whoever, just like Tom, like Byron Leftwich does a phenomenal job with BA as the head coach going to Tom Brady and being like, no, let's talk about what you actually want to do here. Cause we just let some of that go. Right. Right. That, that to me, that's the biggest hire in this whole thing. You've already said Kyler's your dude. The owner just said he's going to have input. That is a vital hires who's dealing with him on a daily basis and ter- teaching him how to be a professional quarterback. He still doesn't know. We all know that contract was real. We all know they put that stuff in that contract because it's a problem. He needs to learn how to be a professional and a true franchise quarterback. That's working your tail off, getting studying and everything else. Who's that guy that's dealing with him every day? I love it. That's insight from Jake Arians. Jake, I appreciate you uh, last minute throwing me a text right after the presser and, and and hopping on with us and giving your opinion on, on today's press conference and the moves the Cardinals made. We're going to catch up with you, I'm sure, as the offseason rolls on. And, and when Michael uh, Bidwell breaks my heart, we'll definitely have you on then. I hope it's not, brother. I hope you're the happiest dude. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see all that happen, but I will definitely be back on. I will also remind you and all the fans listening, Black Monday sucks. These guys are human beings. They have yep. families. Cut him some slack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Some stuff. Hammer the coaching. Leave the personal yeah. crap alone, man. They got kids and wives and families that got to hear about it. There's a bunch of assistant coaches that got fired just because the head coach got fired. It's a shitty day to be, you know, a family of these guys. 100%. Always well, was- a good reminder. Yep. Uh, do we we refer to you? I'm gonna let you out the door here, Jake. But last time you were on, I think every time you're on, Tyler refers to you as a good brother. Yeah, he's well, a good brother. Well, yeah, I know. No, I know. But like, but what what what? <laughs> how, how do you achieve that status? Because it was thrown out very very matter of fact. Nothing about my experience with you suggests otherwise. But it's, there's got to be a process that I can go through to get a little bit of that kind of love at the end of the episode. Well, the, the definition of a good brother is someone that you want to have a beer with anytime you see him, right? And say, it starts with having a cocktail. So let's yeah, let's yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now, here we go. They call that now cocktail. Big, good, yeah. good conversation. You know, producer wow. Adam, you're God, there. We... Like you're you're almost there. Like you're getting oh, to good, you're getting to brotherly status for sure. But you're what in Jersey. You haven't made. Away. Well, you just haven't made your way to Arizona yet. Now, the Giants right. do come here next season, and I That's shot right. you a text that hopefully we'll get producer Adam, voice of the bird god, on location at State Farm Stadium next year. Hey, I listen, like if it. Jake's going to be there, then it's all good. You know what I mean? That, that, <laughs> then I'm there for it because that, that's what I'm looking for, for the good the good brother cocktail connection. <laughs> hey, is, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask that. Is, yeah. is uh, Jake, before you leave, because I know we're going to wrap the episode, uh, Jake, is dad going to be still heavily involved in Tampa now or, or 
going forward next seasons and beyond or or is this kind of like a one year and because i saw he got obviously inducted to the ring of honor is he going to be kind of sliding more into retirement or, or what i mean is that public are we able to talk about that yeah, a little bit more into retirement, not quite as involved, but yeah, he's still heavily involved. I mean, he still has the title of special assistant to the GM yeah. or whatever that is. Uh, I think vitally important of helping Jason Light when it comes to draft, free agents, and building the roster and training camp, helping Todd and Jason with 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 that mm. stuff. And then you know, a lot of the off season stuff. It, okay, it, awesome. Like I, said, I mean, the great thing is Todd. Todd has all his guys, so it's not like you know he's got to be doing yeah. you know that much. But yeah. Well, I mainly ask that, meaning are you going to be traveling every Sunday to Tampa to, to no, home games? No, I will not or... be traveling near as much. I didn't as, as much this year, so I will, I will not. I'll be – I actually went to like three Cardinals game. games this year. All right. We'll get you to more Cardinal games next season with a new GM and head coach out there as well. So uh, that's it, Arians. Appreciate you, brother. I'm going to turn Thanks, to you, Producer Adam, to, to – what else you want to hit before we got to go? I know you got to get out the door. No, we'll go ahead and let we'll uh, we let Jake get out of here. Uh, that, that was great, by the way. You do the front end of it, and this is all uh, here. I will close out on this. After hearing Jake's perspective, which very closely aligns with mine, do you feel like you just cannot get out of your own Cardinals fandom way? Right, like you you can see it now. You were you were looking through. They, there was this clearing in the forest, and the sun was shining down to a bright meadow, and standing in all the flowers was Sean Payton. And he was just, he was wearing a Cardinals jersey, and he was coming down the path to you. But now you can see those trees kind of closing in. Do you feel like there is another path for success for the Cardinals if it's not going to be Sean Payton? It just scares me when I look at the names again. I mean, we're going to have to see what the names that come up. Yeah. I just think Sean Payton is the... And I get it. There's a huge hurdle to get over, which is the cost and everything else. Like, yep. Let you know what? Okay. Uh, this is, my closing thought is this: Michael Bidwell said he wants to move quickly. That doesn't need to be the case. You can be patient. Mm-hmm. You can look at the playoff teams and make the smartest choice possible. If it's Sean Payton and you're willing to spend the money, great, grand, move on, move on with it. Awesome. But there's a lot. There could be a lot of really good candidates. Don't make a knee-jerk reaction here coming off of firing your GM, firing your head coach. Make the smart move. And it's rare that the smart move usually comes when you make it as fast as humanly possible. That would be my hope for the Cardinals. I just hope whatever the result is that, I mean, I put a note in our little thing here, or we have a little side chat that we can have. Seven of 14 teams this season were not, uh, in the playoffs yeah, and are now in the playoffs. So that is, again, when we talk about optimism, you got the third overall pick, which we secured on Sunday. Now you have change on Monday. Well, as we look ahead, you've also got that optimism that you look at all the teams that are in the playoffs this year that were not in the playoffs last year. Hopefully we can be one of those teams next year. And it all starts with the moves that were made, but over the weekend and today. I mean, yep. that, that's really it. So with that being said, we're going to wrap. We're going to be able to hash out more of this as the week goes on. We'll have another episode at the end of the week. Um, but until then, he is the voice of the Bird God producer, Adam. I am Tyler Vasquez with Bird Gang Travel. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Bird Gang Travel, Facebook, Bird Gang Travel Club. And then if you want to download and subscribe, I suggest you do so uh, wherever you get podcasts. Or you can go to kickoffinthevalley.com. And don't forget, always kick off in the valley. Kick off!